Thanks, band. Um, I, uh, I, I plan my series, I try to plan out where I'm going when I preach about a year in advance. And um, so we had a series on worry planned long ago. And then when I heard about all the events that were going to be taking place in D.C. today, um, I actually felt just a bit awkward and a bit nervous because um, having someone uh, who has just been gifted with a lot of privilege in life, um, partially just because of how I was born and where I was born, having someone given a lot of privilege in life, standing up telling people not to worry, um, just has a a less than settling ring to it. Um, and so I, I decided coming or as preparing this week that the one thing I wanted to say is that a sermon about not worrying does not mean there are not times that we aren't concerned. And there aren't times that we are not afraid of real threats and real danger. Um, but I also think that God has a sense of humor um, because I've been trying to learn to worry less and one of the things that when you're a pastor or when you're a church planter, there's just things that you worry about, right? You worry, is anyone going to show up, right? That's my reoccurring dream is I show up to church and it is just me by myself. Pastor Jessica didn't even show up. <laughs> that would never happen. But like that's, <laughs> um, it's more likely she would be here without me. She's like, are you, are you coming today? Oh, crap. I forgot. Anyway. Um, so, so that's, so anyway, so I, I totally lost my train of thought. I, I, I'm, I'm on my way to church today. Let's just get back. So I, I, I struggle not worrying. Pastors, that's the thing. Pastors, they worry about a lot of things, especially church planters. And so, you know, will the sound work today? Is everything going to be okay? And so as I'm on my way uh, to church, uh, I, I get a text and that says um, we, the, the entire projector system is completely down. Um, so just so you know for when you get here. And so... I, I responded back, don't worry, I have like an auto, like I can respond by talking in my car. I said, okay, I'm on my way. And then about four minutes later, we get a call from Matt Collinson, who is the sound technician for the morning service. And he, so he calls and I answer and I'm like, hey, Matt, um, I, I know that the projector's out, no big deal. We'll get it figured out, I'm on my way. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, I'm calling to tell you the soundboard went completely out, like it's fried. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is not what I was expecting um, and so then I was worried and I thought now I have to preach and tell people about how Jesus tells us not to be worried worried I feel like a bit of a hypocrite the one thing I was going to say though I was so impressed with Matt um, and the team and how they were able to literally within 30 minutes we got a we have a, a, a an extra soundboard and we got everything turned around and fixed um, but I was just thinking there are so many people behind the scenes who you never see um, one of those people um, is Joe McGill um, he is actually running sound today and he's been head of the sound team um, downtown um, for a couple years now and he's transitioning off the team and I thanked him last week but he was actually drilling and so I just want to thank Joe McGill again and all the people who like give him a round of applause and, and then um, this isn't about this location but we've had been plagued by issues in Columbia Heights for ages um, and a couple weeks ago Keith uh, and Leah Craiglow went and spent an entire day like seven hours they took off work to go and like get that space working well and I just want to thank them and honor them so can we give them a round of applause as well I know I say this a lot, but I'm just really, I'm so moved by the people that God has sent to our community and who make the table possible. Um, the other thing, back to kind of the events of today, um, it's always hard to know how you respond um, to darkness. Um, I believe um, that racism is America's, America's original sin. 
um, and it's a sin that we still have not fully grappled with. And, and actually, one of the things that bothers me about events like um, white nationalists marching on your city is that sometimes it, 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 lets, it lets us off the hook because then we're like, well, I'm, I'm not that racist or I'm not that prejudiced. Um, but I think we all have to, to deal with our own prejudice and our own racism. But, but it's hard to know how you, you deal with something like that. And um, I especially think that, um, that racism is, uh, is a demonic force. And, um, and so today at 4 p.m., we had a, just an incredible group of people led by Leah Craiglow who gathered in our living room um, just to pray for peace on this city and healing on our city and on our country. And so I just, I'm, I'm thankful to be part of a church um, that prays together. So thank you to everyone who came. Um, for the next three weeks, um, we are going to be talking about worry, which I think is a relevant topic in our world today. And it's something that none of us are immune from. In fact, the New York Times had an article recently that said, that said um, it was entitled, Why Worry? Or not Why Worry, it's titled, Worry, You're Not Alone, right? It's part of the human condition. All of us worry at some time or the other. Now, some of you are professional worriers. Um, you worry about everything. You figure things to worry about that I didn't even know was possible to worry about. Worry is your spiritual gift. In fact, your friends all want to like cut off your newspaper subscription or your internet so you can't discover more things to worry about. And often your worry is like infectious, right? You begin to cause other people to worry. But even if you're not a professional worrier, you still at times worry. You worry about your job, you worry about relationships, you worry about whether you're going to be able to afford a house someday. There's all these things that, that we worry about. And the, and, the, and the thing is, is if you try to worry less, right, if you're like, you know what, worrying doesn't do any good, and you just decide you're going to worry less, it never works. It's kind of like when you, you know when you have insomnia, and you have a big meeting the next morning, and you're lying there looking at the ceiling, and so you're like, I've got to go to sleep. No, I have to go to sleep, so I've got a big meeting, and the more you tell yourself you have to go to sleep, the harder it is for you to get to sleep, and it's just this vicious cycle, and by the end, you're like driving yourself absolutely crazy. That's kind of how worry is. The more you tell yourself not to worry, the more you tell yourself how ridiculous it is to worry, the more you tend to worry. But our current global situation, I think our current global situation is turning even those of us who aren't worriers into worriers. Um, I have a, a close friend um, who reads way too much of the news, and I tend to get woke, woke, waken up, woken up, um, most mornings um, with a text around 6 a.m. With some, with some new like, thing that is going wrong or a tweet from Donald Trump and he's like, this is bad, this is real bad. Like he's just constantly worried anymore. And the, the truth of the matter is we have reasons to be worried. And, 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 and because of this, there's now a ton of books and resources on how not to worry. Worry and anxiety have become an epidemic. And so this, this evening, I thought it would be helpful as a church to spend some time looking at the words of Jesus when it comes to the, the issue of worry. Because one of the fascinating things I discovered is actually that many of the secular books, many of the secular writings on worry have the fingerprints, and the, uh, fingerprints of Jesus on them. A lot of the secular resources sound an awful lot like Jesus when it comes to worrying. But before we dive in, I want to ask us three questions, and you don't have to raise your hand. In fact, I'd encourage you not to raise your hand. Um, but, who, but here's the three questions I want to ask you. First of all, do you think that you can add a single hour to your life by worrying? Right? Do you think that worrying actually adds any time to your life? And the second question is, who of you have worried so much that you've actually taken time off your life. There's actually some interesting research about worry actually reduces your life expectancy. 
Have you taken time off your life by worry? And the third question, slightly trickier, but it's this. Is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? Every time I, I say that line, I hear the Bee Gees in the background. Staying al- it, anyway, just <laughs> for some reason, by the time I get to the third sermon, decorum goes out. I am so professional. In the first two services, people are like, you are, you know, I'm, I'm just so professional. But by this service, I'm just like, I they love me. It'll be fine. Anyway, staying alive. Anyway, um, is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? And if there is, it's possible that you might say, yes, this is more valuable to me than staying alive. Then the question is, does worrying add anything to that? Right? So if there is something you say, yes, that is more valuable than life itself, does worrying actually help that thing? And the chances are that the answer to that question is no as well. So it seems that worrying is not helpful and actually takes away from life, maybe your physical life, but definitely from the joyfulness and the abundance of life. So then we should just stop worrying, right? It's, it's, it's that easy, right? We'll just say a prayer, we'll stop worrying, we'll go home, we'll get dinner early, and we'll be done. Of course, you know it's not that easy. We all know that worrying is not just as easy as telling ourselves to stop. And even though there are books um, and bookshelves full of advice on worry, we still worry. And even, know that we, even though we know we can't add anything to our life and it even reduces our life, we still worry. Partially, it's part of the human condition, right? Since the beginning of time, Jesus was talking about worry 2,000 years ago in ways that sound awfully, awfully similar to how we worry today. But before we continue, I just want to clarify three things. Um, the, first, the point of this series is not to say that your situation isn't bad. I think sometimes when you hear a sermon on worry, it's just like, oh, things really aren't that bad. That's not the point of this sermon. Your situation really might be that bad. Second, The point of the sermon is not to say everything's going to be fine. Not to just say, like, everything's going to work out. And the third thing I don't want to do with this sermon is say that you don't have any reasons to be concerned. I would actually, I actually believe that there's a difference between worry, which becomes all-consuming, and concern. There are times in your life that it is wise and prudent to be concerned. Not being concerned or acting as if everything is going to work to be okay is not helpful it's denial and it's actually not healthy we do have reasons to be concerned but what I want to do this evening is I want to look at what Jesus has to say about worry because I believe that the words that he speaks to us are nothing short of incredible and have the power to make a significant difference in your life and what I also want us to hear is that Jesus has immense wisdom Because some of us are like trying to figure out whether we want to dedicate our life to some guy who walked 2,000 years ago in a desert with a band of kind of straggly, odd people. Like, is he worth dedicating your life to? And, And when I read things like the passage that we're about ready to read today, I am just blown away by the wisdom that Jesus brings. In a nutshell, Jesus teaches us this. Jesus says that the things that you are most devoted to are the things that determine what you worry about. That's kind of the nutshell of what Jesus tells us. We're going to look at it more closely. But Jesus essentially says that the thing that you are most devoted to is the thing will determine what you worry about most. Where your devotion is is where your worry is as well. And and what Jesus wants to do is he wants to begin to help us to examine our worry And by examining our worry, also we begin to look at what are those underlying devotions, right? What are the underlying things that we 
are devoted to. Because the things that we worry about are the things that we're most devoted to. Just to give you kind of an example, and maybe I shouldn't admit this because I'm your pastor and I should care more, but but you should just know um, that, and I just want to be transparent, but I am not devoted to your job. I'm not. So when I go home tonight, I am not going to sit on my couch worrying about your job or the project that you have tomorrow. I'm just not. Like, I I know that's insensitive, but I'm not going to go home and worry about your job. Now, if you were to lose your job and you were to tell me, I would be concerned, I would feel sorry for you, I would feel bad, but I'm not worried about your job. In the same way, I'm not worried about your relationships, right? I do not go home and just worry about your relationships. I hope they go well. I hope you have a wonderful, um, wonderful life, but I'm just not worried about it. In the same way, I'm not worried about your retirement. Now, you should, all the research shows you should start investing in a 401k as soon as you possibly can because the earlier you do it, the more money you're going to have when you retire and then you can like buy an island or something. And I hope all of you retire on an island and invite me and then tithe on, the, 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 tithe on what you earn. But I'm not worried about that. Right. I am worried, the things that I am worried about are the things that I am most devoted to. We worry about the things that we are most devoted to. And the thing you worry about reflects your core devotion. And what I wonder is, is that if we begin to shift what we are devoted to, is if we can also begin to shift what we worry about. So if you have Bibles, um, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 24. Because I think Jesus in this passage takes us on a journey. And we're going to walk through this passage very slowly. Um, we're only going to get about halfway. It's about 10 verses. We're going to get about halfway through this evening. And then we will pick it up and look at the second half next week. But Jesus is, um, launches a conversation in this passage about worry. And he uses um, money as an illustration of what we worry about. Because since the beginning of time, money has been at the root of many of the things that we worry about. Now, our our concerns around money, our worry around money differ, right? Some of you are worried about whether you're going to have anything to eat tomorrow. Like, you are living paycheck to paycheck. I have friends in the city that you would never guess it, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so when I go out to eat with them, they're like, I have $3.24 in my bank account. I get paid Friday, but until then, if you can, like, float this meal or this coffee... Right? That's what some of you are worried about. We have different worries around money, but no matter how much money we have, we're still worried. So some of you are worried, will I be able to eat tomorrow? Others of you are worried, will I have a down payment, um, enough money to make a down payment on a house? Or will, will I be able to afford grad school? Right? These are worries that we have around money. And so Jesus, knowing that money is like this universal worry, says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, Or you will be devoted, there's that word devoted, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the Greek word there for money is mammon, um, which essentially just means stuff. He's like, you can't serve both God and your stuff. Now, I think Jesus would be like, it is totally fine to like your stuff. Like, it is okay to have things, to take joy in things, 
Christianity was never an aesthetics religion, right? Sometimes we make it that Christianity wants to like reject all joy and beauty in life. That was was not the point. I don't think that God wants us to reject good and beautiful things in life. But the question is, if that is your devotion, right? Wherever it is, the things, like you cannot serve both. Whatever you are devoted to will take up your time and your energy and your your worry. You cannot serve both God and money. You've got to choose. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. And then Jesus begins to get a bit more specific, particularly within the context in which he's, he's, he's the, the, the group he's addressing. So Jesus, the crowds that come to hear Jesus um, preach are by and large um, living paycheck to paycheck. Right? They don't know where their next meal is coming from. Um, they tend to be poor farmers and um, they are under incredible oppression by the Roman government. The Roman government is taxing them at a ridiculously high percentage. Um, and so there is just incredible poverty. And the people that Jesus is, are, is speaking to, the people that Jesus is preaching to, is speaking these words to, they really are concerned about whether they're going to have any food tomorrow. And so Jesus like really gets, he digs down, he says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body, or about what you will wear. He's like, look, don't worry about these everyday things. And, and then I think if Jesus were, were, were talking to us, he would say he might change it up a bit because most of us aren't worried about what we are going to eat. He might say to us, like, what are the basic desires that you think about when you get up in the morning? Now, most of us don't get up in the morning thinking about what we're going to eat. Well, that's not true. We, we do, but we're just trying to decide what we're going to have to eat. I, I was thinking about this the other day, that typically when I'm at breakfast, I'm talking about what I'm going to have for lunch, and when I'm at lunch, I'm talking about what I'm going to have for dinner, and at dinner, I'm talking about what I'm going to have for breakfast the next morning. But, but I know there's, if the food is going to be there. It's not the same concern, right? So that's not our, most of our concern. I think Jesus might say to us, look, don't worry about whether you're going to be able to retire, whether, whether you're going to be able to afford grad school, or whether you'll be able to buy a home someday, or whether you'll be single all your life, or whether you're going to be able to find a job that you love, or whether you'll be able to keep the job you have, or don't worry about your health, right? Jesus would be like, just, just don't worry. Because the, the point of his conversation is not, and this is key to, to understand, the point of Jesus' words is not that those things are not important. It's not that your relationships aren't important. It's not that your job isn't important. It's not that your health isn't important. But Jesus' Jesus point is that our future is always uncertain and that worry doesn't help add anything to our life. Worry just causes us to fixate and to hyper-focus on something that actually distracts us from the things that actually could make a difference in our life. Verse 25. Is it not, is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Jesus isn't saying the things we, aren't, we worry about aren't important. He's, he's trying to move our hyper-focus away from the things we're worried about. Jesus is saying, shift your focus, lift your gaze, and focus on me. I want to give you life. I want to give you abundant life. He's saying, look, I can't promise you that life will be rosy, but I promise you that I will walk with you. We get so hyper-focused on our job or on grad school or on our financial situation and Jesus is like, just for a moment, I want you just to pull back. Just pull back for a moment and stop hyper-focusing 
And then I want you to focus on me and the things in life that are of ultimate value. Verse 26. I, actually, before we get to verse 26, I, I sometimes when I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for a sermon, I try to like put myself in this, the setting, wherever Jesus, whoever Jesus is speaking to. So in this particular setting, I, I imagined that, that Jesus and I were having a conversation and that I'd gone to him and told him, like, I, Jesus, like, I'm struggling with worry. I may or may not have done that to with Jesus as I was on the way to church this morning after finding out the sound had gone out. And, um, and so I imagine like Jesus and I are having this great conversation about worry, but Jesus has ADD like I do. And so um, as we're sitting there in verse 26, as we're sitting there talking, Jesus is like, hey, look at the birds of the air. And like Jesus, seriously, focus. I'm trying to talk to you about worry. And no, Jesus is like, no, 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 look at the birds of the air. And I'm like, okay, I'll look at them quickly, but then I wanna talk about my, my problems. I wanna talk about worry. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns. Basically saying, look, they don't have 401ks, they don't have a college education, they don't have great places to live. But even so, or yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. They absolutely do nothing, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he doubles down. He says, look, are you not much more valuable than they are? Have you not been paying attention like from the beginning words of scripture, from, from the first words that are spoken, that you are created in the image of God, that you bear the thumbprint, that you bear the, the fingerprints of God, that you are an image bearer of the creator of the universe. Don't you believe that he cares for you as much as he cares for that bird? Are you not much more valuable than they? And the thing you need to remember, particularly when you are fixated on a situation, when you are fixated on a problem, you need to remember that your heavenly father cares for you and that your situation matters to God. Jesus wants us to know that life is not certain. Life has always been uncertain. You have no idea what tomorrow brings. And part of the problem is in a city like D.C. is we are planners. I mean, you were like 12 and you had your entire life planned out because you're weird. And, and the problem is, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something hits you from left field and completely shatters all those plans. Nothing is certain. And what I don't, I, I don't believe that Jesus is saying, don't, like, be like the birds of the air and don't prepare and don't plan. In fact, I think Jesus would say the opposite. The point isn't to be irresponsible. Right? We do need to take certain steps. To not take certain steps towards our goals is fatalism. This isn't about just trusting in fate. I think Jesus would say, look, you need a new job? I want you to fill out applications. I want you to study hard. I want you to work hard. I want you to do your best. I want you to set goals. I want you to do all the things that you need to do to accomplish where you want to be in life. God is not opposed to us working. But then... I need you to give it to me and to stop worrying and remember that God loves you and wants the best for you. Then verse 27. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Like, seriously, like, do you think, Jesus looks at us and it's like, do you think that worry is actually helpful? Do you think being hyper-focused on whatever the situation is that you're currently going through is helpful? Can you add to your life by worrying? And then verse 28. And why do you worry about your clothes? Or about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? If God takes care of the flowers, which are literally going to just wither up in just a few days, and he takes care of the birds of the air, don't you think God takes care of you? And up until now, like, I've been kind of follow, I've been following along with what Jesus is trying to say. It makes sense. But then I feel like this final part that Jesus kind of like just pokes you just a, a bit. He's talked about all this. And then the last verse, he says this, verse 30. He said, you of little faith. And that's where it like kind of stings a bit. Because right? I don't like to think of myself as a person who doesn't have enough faith. See, because what Jesus believes is that worry is a devotion issue. Worry is a faith issue. Our emotions get attached to the things that we are most devoted to. And, and what happens is that when we begin to shift our focus to the things that we are most devoted to, we begin to stop having faith that God is with us and that God has our back. And his point isn't that we shouldn't be concerned about life in the, but the, or that we shouldn't try to take concrete steps towards making our life different. His point is you don't need to worry. You don't need to hyper-focus. The issue is do you trust your Father in heaven? The issue is do you trust that God is good? The question I want to ask us this evening, and this is a, an easy question to ask, but it is a really hard question to answer. But what if you could wake up every day of your life with the absolute confidence that God could be trusted? What if you woke up every day with the confidence that, that your Father in heaven could be trusted and he wants what is good for you? What would your life look like? What if you could wake up every day with the confidence that God loves you more than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and that he would take care of you? You don't stop worrying because your future is certain. You don't stop worrying because your, your future is certain. Because the truth of the matter is your future has always been uncertain from the day you were born. The only difference is now you become aware of it. Right? As you get older, you begin to realize exactly how uncertain life is. As you're, when you're a kid, like someone else is, is handling all the logistics and everything just seems to work out. But the older you get and the more complicated your life gets and you have a job and you have all these different things going on, all of a sudden you realize exactly how many moving pieces and how many there are and how many things could go wrong. Jesus is like, look, the future isn't certain. You don't stop worrying because the future is certain. You stop worrying because you have trust in the one who holds the future. We've always lived with uncertainty. Now, I'm actually, I, I want to stop here. Um, we'll pick up this next week because I want to I dig a little bit deeper. But I want to ask us a couple simple things to do um, this week. The first thing is, I want you to evaluate your worry. Maybe sometime when you go home this evening or sometime when you just have a few extra minutes, maybe during lunch this week, just sit down and write down what are the, what are the things that you are worrying about? My guess is that there's probably a thousand things that most of us are worrying about, but maybe you just take like your top three or your top five things that you're worrying about. 
And then begin to evaluate that list, evaluate those top five worries, and ask yourself, is there anything concrete that I can do to address those worries? Because honestly, in my life, there are things that I could, I'm worried about that I could handle really quickly. Like sometimes it's just, it's inertia or there's things I just don't want to deal with. It's, just, it's kind of complicated or it's frustrating. And so I just let this thing fester. But literally, I, I mean, I've had things where I, uh, writing a simple letter um, could have handled a problem I was worried about, but I was, just kept putting it off and putting it off. So look at your list that you're worried about and just ask, is there a concrete step? Is there something I could do to, to deal with this worry? But then the next thing I would ask you to do is, is just to trust God. Maybe take that list, that three things, that five things, maybe it's just one thing. And you said, God, I have done everything that I can possibly do to fix this problem. Like, I, I am at, like I'm at the end of my rope. I have, there's nothing more I can do in this situation. But I'm trusting that you are good and that you, that you care for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Like you care for them so abundantly and so graciously. And I believe that you care for me and you care about the situation that I'm facing every bit as much as you care about them. And so God, I'm just trusting you. God, I've been responsible in the now and I'm trusting you for the future. And then the third thing is, I just ask that you be, take some time to question your devotion. What are the things in your life that you are ultimately devoted to? What are the things that have your devotion? And Jesus says that the, the reason that you worry is because you have so little faith. Because your worry pinpoints your devotion. It pinpoints what you are truly devoted to. And then once you realize what you are most devoted to, once you begin to like, it begins to come clear what the things are in your life that you're devoted to, ask the question, is that really life? Is that really what it, is that really life? Is that the life I want to live? Is that abundant life? And then one final request. This week, um, It'd be great if you could do it every day, but at least once. I want you to read over Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. This is the little sermon that Jesus gives on worry that we're reading from this evening, and we'll read the rest of it next week. But I just want you in your, if you have a moment of just quiet with God, just to read those verses, and then as you read them, just ask, God, would you reveal something new to me about worry in this passage? God, I'm struggling with worry. I am, I, I'm worried about this, that, and the other. Would you just reveal something to me about worry and would you use these words that Jesus spoke to help reduce worry in my life? And then we'll pick up this series next week. Let's pray. God, there are so many things that we worry about. Our futures are so uncertain. We worry about whether we'll have a job tomorrow or whether we'll be able to afford a house someday. We worry about relationships. There are all these things that, that take our, our tension, that take our focus. And I pray this evening that you would just help us to lift our eyes and to look at the, to look at the, the birds in the sky, to notice the beauty of your creation and be reminded of how, how much you care for the smallest things, how much you care for the smallest details. And would you just use those things to remind us that you care for and are concerned about whatever it is that we are going through in our life and that you are walking with us and that we don't need to worry 
because we are not alone. In Jesus' name.